and welcome to another episode of More Than Dice. I'm Gonzo. I'm John. I'm not Cassie. <laughs> We're welcoming Jim back on the podcast. Uh, he's going to do some what our subject is, but welcome to episode 222. Man, we've been we've been going for a long time. That's a that's a long time to be doing episodes. I think we'll stop at like 1,000. What do you think, John? That's unlikely. <laughs> I'm thinking either something happens, we stop before, or we don't even notice and just keep going. Yeah, we'll be like da 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 da. Because if we're having fun, we'll just keep going. Yeah, which I'll I love retire it. and unretire. It's not a good look. Yeah, I because I, I love doing this. It's 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 my Sunday nights. I enjoy it. It's a lot of fun. Uh, even you know we we miss our Kathy Wapple, um, and hopefully she'll be coming back soon with us. Um, but we definitely appreciate everybody that comes on here and hangs out with us. Um, so let's go ahead and talk. Let's go ahead and get the business out of the way. We want to thank Muse on Minis for hosting our channel. Uh, don't forget, if you like buying all their cool stuff, I know they have some really good MCP trackers and tokens um, and good uh, measurement stuff. Go ahead and uh, head over to them. Use the code more than dice, all one word, and you can get 10% off your order. We also want to thank Mini Masterworks. You can also get a discount from them uh, buying all the cool stuff. And like, here it is. Here's John. John's got it going. Here it goes. And you can get the awesome paint shaker uh, from him from, uh, I think, wait, 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 discount code is like 10% off. I forget, but it's good. Yeah, but it'll be, it's cool. We also want to thank Turbo Dork. Uh, we will be doing another giveaway of Turbo Dork uh, in a few weeks, another $50 gift certificate. So uh, get your points ready. Uh, we may do a special thing for that. Um, and then let's see. Who else? Oh, Midnight Heroes. Uh, don't forget, if you like chibi stuff, if you like chibi miniatures, uh, good paints, uh, you can go check them out. Their new game will be coming out. You'll probably get a preview of it at uh, ReaperCon, I believe. And um, they have a summer sale, so you can use our code and the summer sale code at the same time. And I think you can get almost like... 50% off? Almost? Uh, almost. I can't remember. Yeah, it's like almost 50% off their miniatures. I think you're getting 35 and you got hours. I think it's like 10%. So it's like 45% off anything you buy from their store. So um, go check them out. And of course, Pelabell and War Games. Always got to give them a good shout out. They've been making some amazing miniatures. There's a miniature that I would love to see Jim paint. Um, and it is like super creepy, super cool. Uh, for Old Dominion, I'll have to put a link in the in the chat in a little bit once we get started and have Jim look at it, and I'm sure this will be right up his alley. Um, other than that, guys, I really appreciate um, y'all being here. It's been a rough couple of weeks for a lot of people, and making sure I have good friends not only on the podcast but in the chat channel and everybody that listens, it means a lot to me and a lot to us. Um, John, do we have any shout outs this week? Uh, Gonzo just posted that, uh, Margaret Keene passed. I did not know who she was, know who she was. I had to look her up. She was an editor and such of children's books. Oh. And sort of helped turn it from sort of like, not really a big deal to the big deal it is nowadays. So. Uh, definitely innovative in that. Not, not one that was in my radar, but thanks for bringing it up, Legion. I appreciate that. Um, didn't know it either, so 
I'm going to post a link in the chat, and Jim, I'd love if you would look at this model, because I would love to see your take on this. This model is, it's for the old Dominion, but it's super legit. Um, actually, well, oh, wait a minute. I actually have the box over here. Someone sent this as a commission thing, and I believe it's also old Dominion, and it's like a boss type of thing here. Fallen Divinity? Fallen Divinity. Oh, yep. man. You're going to have to tell me when you paint that, because that model is, yeah. The Fallen That's Divinity model? One. Yes. That so, model uh, yeah. is amazing. Jim, I want you to take a look at a picture of this. Oh, I've got that model right here. Yes. That's, that, that's pretty awesome, actually. That is. And there is, there is some word on that, that packages that I was telling about. I, I did what you said. Ask them where the heck it is. It's stuck in Memphis somewhere. Uh, yep, Memphis it, is the FedEx hub. So. Yep. It got to Memphis, and it stayed there. So they're trying to get it out of Memphis. Yeah. Yeah, good luck. Make sure you let me know when you when you're painting that or you're done with it, so I can I can see it because that that is one of the legit models that Conquest has made, and that that model is unbelievably badass. No, it looks pretty cool. That, figured what, I would uh, paint that up on stream. Oh yeah. Gonzo, what size is it? Oh, it's uh, fucking a. It's it's. It's on a hundred mil base. Yeah. Okay. Okay, yeah, it, 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 it's a good size model. It's huge. I was just a uh, thirty-eight millimeter scale. I'm just trying, trying to get an idea, because it's not like stupid expensive, but it's also not cheap. Correct. Yeah, it, but it's also it's a limited print too, um, because it's. But see, it, those always scare me. Having to paint a model that's limited print, you just start getting a little like oh, I don't want to fuck it up. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's sort of like the one that I printed, uh, the multi-armed lady. Uh, that was a limited sculpt, also. Uh, a model that's in the game, so but I mean, yeah, it's stupid good. Oh, we forgot to give a shout out to Turbo Dork. Oh no, we did, we did, we did. We did forget to go through drinks. We did forget to go through drinks. Well, we only got through like one uh, shout out. So, but other than that, I didn't have any others that I know of. But again, works a little I. crazy. I don't necessarily don't necessarily notice them all. Yeah, I didn't notice anything. Um, so, Jim, what are you drinking tonight? This is a little blackberry, ginger ale, and some Kraken. Oh, yeah. I'm not much for ginger ale, but I could definitely see how that mixes well with Kraken. Don't lie, you're not much for Kraken either. Hey, it's been a while. I, I mean, I haven't bought a bottle of Kraken in, like, BFE. Maybe if someone would buy me it and just, like, ship it to me, I'd drink it. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me say this to everyone. Don't buy me alcohol and ship it to me. <laughs> Mostly because it's not legal. I live in Maryland. Don't do that. <laughs> so, uh, I have. I'm finishing up a dark and stormy. You don't know what dark and stormy is. It's basically a mule made with crack and rum. And then I'm following that up with orange juice mixed with 43 vanilla liqueur, which is really fucking good and dangerous. Legion is correct. It's not legal to send me alcohol in the mail. Uh, <laughs> in Arkansas. Yeah, it is. It is not legal. <laughs> yeah, it's I was, like I always I get, make an Arkansas joke here, but I'm going to skip it. Well, I always get these little flyers with certain things I buy, saying, "Hey, you want to be part of the wine club?" Which I would be like, "Yeah, that'd be really cool." Except for you can't do that. Nope. So, um, I am doing some Remy Martin XO um, cognac. I'm going to be drinking that tonight. Um, so, guys. We appreciate everybody that listens, everybody that's here. Please take care of yourself. Please look after yourself and others. Uh, mm -hmm. If you can't look after someone else, make sure you look after yourself. Um, we yeah. we appreciate Self-care is important. Self-care is important. Super, super important. Um, 
hang out, watch things. Look us up on Facebook if you need anything. We're always here, always willing to chat. Uh, don't forget, John does his little, uh, his, not his little, but does his uh, MechWarrior Onlines. And you can always hang out with him and give him crap. And force I do him my MechWarrior Onlines. And make him a uh, mediocre MechWarrior. <laughs> and make him transform models while he's playing. Um, I have a special model for that. <laughs> is, is it a GoBot? <laughs> no, it's a trans. You, you've seen him. It's a little crab guy. Car. <laughs> crab. We should make it. Should make it used to be 900 numbers for self care. Look, bucket, fucking the jobs are good. No, we, we, no, you can't. We, can, we got to get you a better, make, force you to do a better one than that. That is a legitimate Transformers model, motherfucker. Yeah, we need to have a better one, though. <laughs> it turns into a crab robot. What the fuck gets better than that? <laughs> is it a medium met crab? Yeah, more like a medium met crab, not like a king crab, no. Okay. Guys, please look after yourself. Please hang out with people. Please let us know if you need anything. We're here for you. Cheers. Cheers. Mm. Oh, man. Hold on. One more. I'm just finishing this, bitch. I was thinking about doing that, too, but. Is that burn? Ice so. can go in here. All right. So we're going to be doing and talking about. Um. And I put it on, uh, Jim's camera is up right now. Um, and we're going to be talking about basing. I am not going to do any painting. I got some stuff I'm going to work on here, but it's just putting in white to do glow effects. Um, and now we've all, we've all done the basing where we put some glue down, put some rock basing on it, paint it and goodness done type thing. Now, Jim is, you know, of course, the Bob Ross of all miniatures. And so, of course, who better to ask about basing miniatures than Jim? And basing it from, like, the basics of simple and easy to, oh, my God, you've created a work of art type thing. He's going more towards the work of art there. Yes. The hey, Jim, can you show up your little uh, bucket of ballast and everything you've got in there and tell us what's in that? You got or that little thing right there. Yes. Okay, so these are the greatest hummuses you're ever going to find in the miniature world. <laughs> now, of course, what's great is that they are not GMO. They're also gluten-free. So for all you people that have, like, allergies and stuff like that, it's healthy. And look at how crunchy this is. Look at how crunchy. It's got some rocks in there. This is from Luke's APS, by the way. If you're in the U.S., I believe that's uh, it's geekgaming.com. And I think here in the U.S. you can get it from uh, uh, Footsore North America. There are tons of this. Now, this is the, the arid grasslands base race. You can see it's even got little bits of foam. It's got static grass in there. So this is one that I tend to use when I'm making some sort of a foresty type of a base. Now, you can go all the way to the extreme of this. So coarse rubble. Essentially, uh, for sci-fi things, well, like this, right? You want to have that looks like broken up concrete. This is just the thing, because it literally is kind of quartz-type stone or whatever, and it's all, you can see it's even pulverized. In the past, I used to get this, there would be the heavy, the medium, and the light. I wasn't really convinced about it being all in one shot like this. Well, I was converted after trying this, because you can still kind of pick out some of the bigger pieces, 
get some of the medium and then kind of dust the finer stuff. And I also use that here on my <clears throat> my Moria basing because I wanted I didn't want static grass or anything like that sticking out of it. I didn't want rounded pebbles, right? Because these are a little bit more rounded. It goes all the way down to practically like pulverized river rock. And I think this one, look at this. Is this the Mediterranean soil? So you can yeah, see this one, one has awesome. very yeah. different type of rocks in it. And it has more of the fluffy stuff in there. Now, you, he makes these. You could just put this on your diorama, on your terrain, or on your base as is. Yep. Obviously, I paint this stuff. Yeah. because but you don't have to that's the nice thing about this is you kind of have the option of do i paint it or heck do i just like this and i would imagine a lot of people would just wait all i have to do is put some glue or whatever on my base and dump this on it and that's what i get yeah. talking about the easy button right we're yeah, talking about making awesome. things oh, yeah. easier and it's not price bad either i the link i have is to their usa store uh, for Geek Gaming USA, and have, that link directly is to all their basic material, and they're all made very well priced. And and they have just sensational stuff like this. So this is not obviously rock or gravel. It's literally dirt and and some leaves and some mulch and then uh, sawdust. And there's thirty uh, or forty of these. Sawdust and, is such good basic material. And this is really fantastic when you want to have something that's a little bit more of a, a forested kind of a thing. So that's that's what I'll use. Is that the moorlands or? Uh... Uh, the moorlands, actually, it almost has like a little bit of floweriness to it. Okay. Uh, oh, here we go. There's a, an example of some of that laid down here. I just, I use this basically as, this is my dirt. So when I'm doing a base, and I'll just I'll show you here real quick. So we're, we're getting into this, right? I just put some of the, this was the uh, arid grasslands on there. Now, some people might say, ah, that, that's a good enough color right there. What I'm going to do is just throw some primer on it, just uh, throw some darker colored paint. And then this starts that not just color, it adds texture. Mm -hmm. I used to spend a fair amount of time painting bases. Now I say, why am I doing this? I'm just going to put this stuff on there. Or the flock from, uh, or the finely <laughs> foliage from uh, Woodland Scenics. That's another really good option is Woodland Scenics. Well, yeah, that's a, forever. That's a good note is when do you paint the base rather than just letting the base material stand on its own? You know, what decision do you make for that? Is it uh, based on the paint scheme of the model or, or do you have some other criteria for that? Well, this one right here, as we're seeing, this is all it is is bulletin board cork and some 3D printed bits. That's mm -hmm. all it is. Eventually, it's going to be this. This is the very same thing. So, again, you can see here, there's barely any painting on the base because it's literally covered with crushed glass. Mm -hmm. Almost 95% of anything that's a painted surface is already covered by something else. There's icicles hanging off the branches so I could save a whole bunch of time painting because all I was going to do is stick the tufts, the crushed glass, the icicles, and people are going to be so enamored with the snow and everything else, they won't care that maybe there's not a thousand shades of gray on the stupid rocks. They won't even notice. They won't care. We've got Treebeard over here. Again, another situation where there's so much greenery on there. I got some of the Green Stuff World tall foliage on there. There's literally sticks and logs and other things and, and tufts and flock. There's almost none of the base showing. Why, why would I bother to paint any of that except just 
maybe throw some dark brown, maybe a little bit of a, a, a black glaze or something like that and be mm-hmm. done with it. Cover the rest of it with the flock and foliage because guess what? People are going to want to look at that. They're not going to want to look at just, you know, painted rocks. And and you want to talk about how you, you know, take a base or an army to the next level. It's the basing. If you're in a modeling competition for an army or small war band or something like that, do extra on the bases. I went to one, uh, I've said this a couple times, where my models, like they even said, your models were painted better, John, but that guy's all looked better because the bases looked better. It was eye-opening to me, like, okay, get us some more time on the bases, apparently, because, you know, it, I mean, look at that. Those are amazing. It's instant theme, and oh, yeah. literally all it is is a green stuff world texture roller that is just baked like so. All right. I mean, here's a couple of textures right there. You bake it, you break it, you stick it on here. All I did was dry brush a little stuff on there, threw some of the a couple of tufts and a little bit of flock, and poof, there you go. Baratheon high guard riders. Yeah, and don't dis- don't discount the flock. Flock's got a bad name. It got us through a lot of years, but it got us through a lot of years because it does look pretty good. You still want to make the whole base flock. That's a little. Um, on your bases, on you, you're doing your flock. Are you doing like the static flock where you're, you know, charging it so it stands up straight, or are you just sprinkling on there? Just sprinkling it on there because, especially with something like this, I was trying to actually get it down into crevices and cracks mm-hmm. because I wanted to almost like it's growing through parts of the rubble here. Mm-hmm. So it was really, really super targeted here. Actually, the Luke's APS, it's the fast dry glue, or it's a it's a glue that is super, super sticky. You can water it down to almost 90% water, and it's still incredibly adhesive. And that actually, you, you can almost use it like a glue pin line wash. And that glue will get literally down into these crevices. I'm pretty sure I did it on these guys. Oh, yeah. So here, oh, cut leaves. That's the other really, really, really mm-hmm. simple thing. Oh, yeah. And I've got videos on the YouTube channel showing that. And it's very, very simple. Green Stuff World makes it easy because they've got these you literally just take leaves pick them up off the ground press them right stick them in a rule book or something like that and you cut out your leaves i mean there's the little die cut thing have a whole collection of them it's amazing what just a few little green uh on that that's that's a green stuff real texture roller also cobblestone roller a couple of leaves and just the tiniest bit of flock in some of the cracks in between the cobblestones and that tiny bit I mean, it would have looked okay, you know, you dry brush the cobblestones, whatever, but the two seconds with the leaves and the flock gives it one little extra, well, a little bit of color on the base that wouldn't have been there. Why would I want to have to paint leaves on there? And the leaves, they're already a color. So it's just, it's ready-made basing material for you. And it just, make your bases tell a story, and it just doesn't take much. Okay, this... This is just a flat sheet of Sculpey right here. That's all it is. It's a flat sheet of Sculpey that's been painted. It's the exact same thing. I've done this hundreds of times for all kinds of different armies, and it always tells a different story. My Easterlings, well, guess what? They have the very same basing, but it's just simple blue marble right there. So it's the exact same materials that these two were made out of right here, but three entirely different themes. Three different genres. I mean, the three different game systems, Warcry, 40K, and, and uh, Middle-Earth, and No Time Flat. I mean, here's another one. This is Tree Bark. 
seriously, that that's all it is is just a, a little bit of tree bark, and uh, some of the the 3D printed bits. That's all it takes. No problem. It's so darn easy. And, now, and but whenever you're getting these models ready, <clears throat> what do you decide on how to do the base? I mean, you look at them and you're like, okay, if you're doing like an army that comes from the you know the ice and snow like a viking themed stuff it, it kind of goes with that but for like generic ones that don't you know what how do you how do you personally decide how to theme a base well actually green stuff world makes it pretty darn easy because they have so many different rollers okay look at this this is their lion themed texture roller oh for lannisters okay lannisters lions mm -hmm. my uh now here for now, let's see, let me get a couple of these out here. So can, here we go. So this texture roller right here, it's it's technically a Roman-themed roller, but fortunately, there's only certain parts of that roller that really identify it as Roman. What I've got here is this really nifty floor that has a lot of angles to it, and the, Dogo, the Fortress of Dogledore set was all about angles. Everything is about triangles and, and maybe some squares inset in the triangles. So this, to me, kind of looked like the floor of the Dogledore Fortress. So I thought, well, here, it can also lend a little bit of color to these guys because they're, they're ring rays, right? There's, <coughs> there's the metals, and then the cloaks are just kind of a dark brown. This was a way to add a little extra color to the base without really going crazy with color. Mm-hmm. Now, this is one that we were painting last week. Uh, I was really hoping to actually show people how to sculpt this. Harad, desert bases. Well, there's any number of sci-fi, I mean, Star Wars, right? Star Wars Legion. I mean, most people are doing desert bases for, a lot of times for that. All this is is the same bulletin board cork as here, except I took Daz air dry clay and just sculpted some dunes out of it. And it's really just that easy. And let me see if I can find a, another one here. So here's another one. Same thing. Just some, some cork. And let me see. Oh, yeah, here we go. Now we got them both on there. Did the same thing of sculpting the sand dunes. And it was really fun. It didn't take much time. And each base is totally unique. And you can't buy bases like this because... Mm -hmm. You can see there's a radically different footprint, literally, between these two miniatures. Mm -hmm. You can see that the piece of uh, cork is radically different to fit the footprint of these two different <clears throat> miniatures, just like the same thing here. Uh, question and, on your cork, then. Um, I've used cork. A lot of us have used cork, but that cork looks different than the cork that I'm usually using. What cork do you got right there? This is, It's called bulletin board cork. So the cork that most people use is the kind you would put under potted plants. It's really thin stuff, right? Yeah. Yes. And when you see it from a, a thousand yards away, you can say, look, someone used cork on their base. Maybe 10,000 yards. This, <laughs> I mean, look at this natural formation. It looks like rocks. Yes. You could literally just stick this on a base and paint it, and people would say, where did you get that rock? That's not yeah, rock. John, John just showed the the... the... Yeah, this board. is the stuff I get just buying it, but I actually cut it in a regular ways and then also score the top of it and also it's not flat anymore. I've shown off in the past my uh, uh, gloom spike kits uh, where I've done a lot of that with it. You know, I put little rocks and stuff and I'll put basing material on top of it as well just to give it some more texture. Because here's another one where we combine 
cork, and now instead of it being just flat on the base, I actually shaved down a little bit of it, so it's actually on a bit of an angle. And the nice thing about this cork is when you break pieces off, you're left with actually little pieces that look just like smaller rocks. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I stuck that up here. Then there's some more 3D-printed basing bits, the same flock and, and little flower tufts that we were just talking about earlier. There's another mm -hmm. little – I mean, look at this. So some of that is actually the Luke's APS texture sticking out uh, from from something like this. So some of that's still the, the original texture of the basing material. Some of it is, is stuck on with the flock, and some of it's tufts and, and grass. And it, it gives this guy, it looks like he's in an environment. There's even little mushrooms over here. There's little um, fungus things on the, the branch. So it I just, actually it gives bought it a that. bunch of uh, resin uh, mushrooms for my Gloomsmite gets too, just to spruce up bases. But those little things are what makes a base real. And, like, I love the cork you're using. I'll probably switch to that. But if you're using the regular cork you find, like, in the, the stores easily, just just muss up the top of it. Don't leave it flat. Do some stuff to it, and it'll get not quite as good as yours. But between that and base material, you can hide the fact that it's cork reasonably well. Here's bulletin board cork again, and he's got a little skelly friend. These are just extra vampire counts bits. A skull, a torso, an arm, broke the sword, and a shield over the top to kind of hide the fact that he's got no legs. <laughs> and that that totally changes the nature of that base. Mm -hmm. And let's see, well, we've got, this takes it even a little bit further in some ways. This was a whole army painting series that I did. So this is bulletin board, cork, sculpey. Uh, this is actually that same texture board that I showed earlier. But what I did here was I actually sculpted, I took epoxy sculpt and sculpted some tree roots over the top of it. And then, obviously, more flock and foliage and, and other such things, just to kind of hide the fact that there's bulletin board cork. This looks more like a miniature diorama than it does mm -hmm. just an average army miniature or something like that. Yeah. Obviously, this will take a little more time, but maybe you save this for boss characters, leaders, champs, something like that. Maybe you don't have to do it across an entire army. Now, we can 40K this up a bit. And now we uh, sculpted a few tentacles on the, the Zinchi base, who's uh, always keeping his eye on you. This combines that same painted Sculpey, bulletin board, cork, epoxy sculpt, tentacles, and eyeballs, and whatever. Very Zinchi, right? Nice and Zinchi. You could, if you wanted to do Nurgle, you could have a fountain of bile or something like that. Fountain of bile, ah. Literally anything like that. So uh, there's just so many options, and I keep finding more all the time. It's just there's no shortage here. This is something where I used Daz Air Dry Clay. Now this is taking things a little bit further. This is bulletin board cork and Daz Air Dry Clay. That's all it is. Daz Air Dry Clay pressed into molds, and I'm going to show that later on. And then same flock and foliage, the same uh, flock right here, and then literally just the same heavy gloss gel that I use for flames, icicles, oh, uh, yeah. actually thatched roofs, you name it, that's all this is. Yeah, I use it's some of that for other, other modeling too. But I also want to point out, you do a lot of sculpting. People are scared of sculpting, and they shouldn't be. I know it looks intimidating, but you got to get your green stuff or your sculpey or whatever and just start doing it. You don't get better something if you don't try it. A lot of the simple stuff, tree roots, it's simple. You can do it just just. Get up a, a picture on your one monitor or your phone showing you what you're sculpting 
and just try and match that. That that the first thing I was taught in art school is to get a picture for reference and match it. You'd be surprised how well you can do. So this all it is is a very simple take on the Daz air dry clay and press it into those molds. And I've got some of that over here. We got some pieces. <laughs> Now, I actually recommend that you use the gray stuff because it's just easier to see. It's a little bit hard to see, but look at that. Mm -hmm. And I've, I've broken this up, and I've used this for so many different bases. Here's uh, an example of that. So there's that same Daz Air Dry Clay, a little bit of paint, then the crushed glass snow, and then some blood effects. And that, imagine a whole army looking like that. And it, it does not take much time. It's like take the Daz Air Clay press it in the stupid mold, it dries, you break it, glue it to a base, throw some snow over the top, and then do your blood effects. Done. There's a whole army for you. And here's another one. I think this also has the, yeah, this is another one with the, the Daz air dry clay. Same deal. Right there. And it just, now sometimes you have to position the figure a few times. Just, uh, this obviously he's uh, in so much motion it was a little bit difficult to find exactly where to put him on the base because i still wanted his mouth close enough where i could do the blood effects here on the base but there's just so many different well okay, here's the same thing another daz air dry clay base. that's a much bigger hunk of the daz air dry clay and it's literally a stick i mean it's a stick picked up off the ground and there's gua here right there and he says if the wizard jumps on my back again He's a dead man. Gua here does not like it when Gandalf jumps on his back. He's, <laughs> he's like, every 5,000 years, that old dude like just gets all over me. Now, let's see. Here's some more Sculpey materials. Sometimes we're using sheets of Sculpey like this. And you can see you can just break it very easily, carve it, do whatever. That's thinner. Here's a, a thicker version. Well, then I took an even thicker version like this. Now I've got bricks. I made an entire flying base for the Witch King. Literally built a little Gondorian semi-knocked-over tower. The, it, was, it was part visual, right? Because it's like a part of a fallen tower that is being defended and the, the thing is knocking over. But what's the problem with flying critters? especially Lord of the Rings where the base is tiny and the critter is huge. It falls over every two seconds. Well, I have an entire base made out of these Sculpey bricks. It weighs five times what the miniature does. <laughs> Good luck knocking it over. <laughs> so that, that was, it was part just visual, but it was also for gameplay because the darn thing just falls over every two seconds. I, just, I literally made a counterweight, a decorative counterweight. That's what it is. Decorative and, counterweight. There you go. Now, I don't know if people... Oh, let's see. I think <clears throat> I just started painting some of these. Now, these are all 3D printed reeds, and these are all from Make It Epic Basing. So they look really nifty just on an individual base, but what's going to happen next, and I'll be filming this later tonight, is that we're just going to slap some paint on this. Then we're going to do the flock and everything else and do some regular grass reeds then we're going to put water effects on this that same heavy gloss gel like these guys are still splashing around in the swamp or marsh or whatever these guys guess what they're standing on daz air dry clay so you could use pieces of mulch for this you could use the bulletin board cork you could do your own daz air dry clay molds there's so many options and none of them are particularly expensive 
now the, the and the 3D printing bits. Now, of course, you you may need to have a printer for doing that, but there are printing services now that will actually print those up for you. Sometimes you can just ask them. Sometimes if you make the sad puppy dog guys, they might actually then acquire those files and actually print them for you. Well, I have a friend who, if I acquire the files, will print them for me. Technically, two. <laughs> Um, so, uh, Legionnaires asks, have you tried the Gamer's Grass Laser Cut Plants? I uh, haven't tried those. I actually use the, and I've got some examples, too. These are from Wicked Elf miniatures here. So, Wicked Elf, um, lily pads, he's got butterflies. There's the butterflies. I've used those on several miniatures. He's got um, vines and kelp and then I uh, here's some more sea plants and I've actually got a few things here that have it here's a, a good example move this off to the side a bit so these are all uh, it's vellum plants and that's uh that's what this is right here again let me move this stuff over a little bit there we go now there's some more right there and these are my favorite these big old leaves like this because the nice thing about this, the vellum stuff, is it's not so brittle. Because, well, vellum is sort of actually skin. And because uh, I've, I've tried the paper ones, and they tend to be really brittle. You can't move them like this or shape them. And most times you need like a metal rod or something to support them. Here I just, uh, well, like this, I have a little bit of a gap here underneath the, the rock. That's just uh, tree bark, by the way. Nice little place where I can stick that. And actually it's a whole bundle of leaves. It's one bundle, paint them, stick them in there, boom, it's done. Here's, a, again, another example of some more of those leaves. I did this years ago. Oh, sticks? Yeah. Sticks, tree bark, and vellum plants. And they, they work fantastic. And he's got so many different types of vellum foliage now. It's really amazing. Absolutely amazing. I just... Uh, there's so much new nifty stuff that comes out. It's impossible to keep up with it these days. There's just so much amazing stuff that, that's coming out. And, of course, obviously the 3D printing makes a huge option. But let me see if I can find another thing here. So here's a, a 3D printed bit right there. It's just a simple little torch, uh, a brazier, and some Green Stuff World texture roller, Sculpey, and some bulletin board cork. And a 3D printed miniature. This stupid little torch right here just totally sets the theme for this. Wouldn't be a bad miniature by itself, but this gave me the excuse to do some object source lighting. I don't have to guess what the color scheme is on this miniature. Orange here, everything out here better be shades of greens and blues and grays. Cooler colors so that this stands out more. So it's almost like it's telling you what the theme of the base should be. Now, here's, again, this is more of a, these were, uh, these are from Green Stuff World. They have these things, they're like, I call them texture plates, and it's about three inches by five inches, something like that. Ah, here they are. Check these guys out. Looky here. And it's a pretty nifty way to... I use them on the movement trays like this. I've done uh, oh, a whole bunch of free folk. Yeah, with all these skulls like this. 
So that's another way here, a little bit of a sci-fi thing. I uh, based a bunch of Mandalorians using this. So that was really fun. And oh, we got some more textural stuff over here too. So here's some more. Uh, oh yeah, there's the Aztec theme. This is kind of a nice, almost a generic theme. This could be for elves, for whatever. Uh, medieval type stuff, something like that. And they also have some sci-fi. So you've got the triple hacks, uh, a Tau roller. They have a a Necron theme roller. They've got an Eldar theme roller. Yep, they got an Eldar theme roller too. So there's just so many options out there. Just to take a look around. And okay, here we go. Uh, this is another one I was thinking about. Sorry, we're just jumping from one thing to the next. Mm. But... Okay, um, just so right now, I opened up a bag o mini giveaway. I have a bag full of stuff. And whoever wins the raffle, I will stick my hand in the bag. And whatever I pull out is yours when you tell me to stop. Uh, you can put in for the raffle. So exclamation point raffle space, how many tickets you want. Um, and at near the end of the show, I will uh, end that and give you whatever I have my hand on when you say stop. And I mean, there's a few things. There's a couple things in there that are like $100. There's things that are strictly from conventions only. So you will have to see. So everybody go in there, put in, you know, the raffle and see what you want. Everybody's open as long as you're a follower. So, okay. Sorry about that. Jim wanted to do it because I was like, oh, while Jim's talking, let me do a follow. Let me do a, let me do a giveaway real quick. I mean, I have so, so people don't know, I have this bag of stuff that, you know, anytime someone gives me something and I'm like, oh, I have no really, you know, you got to spell raffle correctly, um, of items. I, you know, just put it in there because I'm not going to use it. I mean, it just give me. So, and you can, I think I put, you could do like up to 10 tickets for that. So, give away as much as you want. Give us as many. Um, so I see you're doing, you're, you've got, these are, this is your fellowship group, right? This is, uh, actually, this basing scheme is for several different armies. It's for my Kazadoom dwarves. It's for my Moria goblins and mm -hmm. Balrog. Then also, look, my Moria fellowship. Remember these uh, crazy little bricks mm -hmm. right here? Well, that's the dwarven texture roller, bulletin board cork, and, oh, look, some broken bricks. Sam, we kind of make him look a little bit more interesting, standing up here on there. Then we've got another little gobby right here. He's climbing up literally a wall of those. It's just it's the same stupid sculpey brick. That's all it is. And then a couple of skulls. Then we, we've got ourselves Alex the Cave Troll here. Oh, he's got a little bit bigger wall, and he's got a little, little dwarf friend hanging out with him over there on that wall. And it's the same stupid bricks again. Cork. Sculpey sheet, oh, a couple of extra bits, you know, dwarf shield, dwarf axe, or hammer, something like that. It took five minutes to make this. And it just, it's, it, it sets a theme. You don't even have to do the whole fire effect or anything like that. You could just throw some grays over this and dry brush it. And I'm telling you, an army like this, Kathy and I, we've had to judge army painting, right, at tournaments. And you're looking for the things that make it different, and this mm -hmm. is the one thing that makes it different because most people just want to glue it on the base with some gravel yep. and a flower tuft. 
And even flower tufts are not all created equal either, which once, uh, well, my moderate armored wolf started to make his own version of flower and grass tufts, that really changed everything. So these right here, each one of these is not just a different shape, it's a different height. Most times when you get any kind of grass tuft, it's literally like they just mowed the lawn yeah. and then chopped it up into pieces and stuck it on there. The flower tufts, let me say, just, oh, here we go are the same way some of these have, he's like literally individually placing the flowers on these so oh, this nice. this is so different from the typical and i've got them over here let's see here let's just grab this this is what you usually get right it's a nasty thing of static grass everything is exactly the same height yep. and all this stuff just fluffs right off Right. It, it basically, I just use these for static grass because it takes me two seconds to slough the flowers off and then I can just use those as static grass. Now see, I have those two and I've learned that one, you have to seal them after you put it on or that the yellow fluffs off on most of the time. And I take and kind of mush them around. You know, if you, if you, if that's all you have, take like a, a hobby knife and kind of mush into that area into that grass and it'll change the you know the structure of it and it won't look so mode fake yeah so cookie so, cutter so here's another combo of things bulletin board cork the mosaic texture roller from green stuff world a 3d printed brazier and actually this is from gamers grass uh these are some resin bits and obviously some Greek-themed resin bits right here. So one, two, three, four, oh, and I think the oh, and some more grass and flower tufts over here. So about five different basing elements gives this minotaur a very different thing. That's actually one of those frameworks miniatures. Mm -hmm. I painted this one up on stream. It gives it a whole different theme, right? You're doing a space marine chapter, and you want it to have something that looks different. You use the Greek-themed texture roller, somehow maybe paint them bronze or something like that, make them look a little bit Greek all of a sudden and maybe put some of these basing bits on there or little torches, chance to do some object source lighting, completely changes your army around. Uh, done lendings. Okay, here we go. My Wolves of Isengard. All this is, it's balsa wood. It's yeah. pieces of balsa wood, more balsa wood. I took that same heavy gloss gel and I made flames just set the thing on fire i've got pieces of terrain rohan buildings that are made literally out of the same stuff foam and balsa wood set them on fire like this so the army now matches the terrain and it just took second this is just a, a vampire count spear sitting on the base right there it took all of a few seconds to make that same for my done lendings it's just some wood balsa wood two seconds with the my heavy gloss gel Flames, bam, object source lighting. Whole theme from my done landings. Very appropriate, right? Setting Rohan on fire. Very appropriate and very easy because this sets a color scheme. Guess wait, wait, what? Hold, Just... hold on a second, Jim. You said it very easy. <laughs> How is it very easy? Because I'm looking at this and this is a gorgeous piece of work and the flames or anything. How is this? Describe how it's easy. And I'm not dogging you or anything. I'm just like, Damn, that's gorgeous looking. And I'm like, I would fuck that up. <laughs> well, let's imagine that you're not going to do any of the object source lighting on either of these two guys. Okay. So see, see all the different colors on, on our doggy right here and mm -hmm. the guy. Or 
whole half of the miniature, there's no guesswork on what colors we need. We just need oranges, oranges and reds. This whole side of the miniature just became a lot easier to paint, just like here. All I need are shades of orange. Closer it gets to the fire, the more orangey it gets. Over here, it's almost like I only have to paint half the miniature. This is actually cheating. While it's all themey and everything else, no, actually it's me cutting down the painting time by half. It's so, just intimidating, I think. Oh, yeah. You're right. It actually, when you mention it that way, I can see how that would seem easy once you get a little, get it under your belt, so to speak. But for, for I mean, a mediocre painter like myself, that shit's intimidating. Yeah. <laughs> what, what you can do is uh, you can take little LED lights, and some of them, uh, I just get them on Amazon. They're like little party favor type lights. There's four different colors, red, blue, green, and white. And you just you shine the thing at the miniature. You could even take a picture of it. And now you actually have a reference of literally how to light your miniature because you put the light right here, shine it up on the miniature, and you say, oh, that's where the light's supposed to hit it. And if you use a red light, now you're practically lighting the miniature and color, colorizing it. It's like you just created a color, custom color reference for your miniature. Same thing with this dude, right? You would take the little flashlight, point it up this way, and you'd see where the light hits. Because these were all painted on stream. Guess what I did about every... 10, 15 minutes as I grab one of those little flashlights and I shined it on there to show people, look, oh, here's the other thing too. Start with the object source lighting. The reason people are afraid of it, because what we used to do is paint the whole damn thing uh -huh. and then afterwards superimpose the object source lighting on there. Yep. I realized, A, why the hell am I doing that? Why am I painting the same miniature twice? I don't need to do that. If you start with the object source lighting, if you say, you know what, I don't want that much lighting, well, guess what? As you're painting the rest of it, you can paint a little bit over the object source lighting. Same thing here. If I felt like, yeah, you know, maybe the flame doesn't reach out here to the cloak, I would just take some of the same color here and just paint right over it because this is where I started. Start with the object source lighting. If you don't like it, then you just paint over it. You don't even have object source lighting anymore. Your, your flames that you've got, like like the the yellow white uh, type color on it. He says it's a gel. Any chance you could actually show us how you do that? Because I've never oh, seen that clear gel stuff before. I've never seen. I'm the oh the only water effects I know of is like the one that you the resin pour and you sit and wait. Is oh, yeah, there this... any way that you could show us how you use that or oh, like yeah. a demo of that? Yeah, that oh, stuff sure right there. Thing. Yeah, so this I've right never here, seen the, that. those flames are not on this sword. It took about three seconds with a brush and some of this gloss stuff to create that. Literally, that's all it takes. What I'm going to do here is I'll just take a, a piece of something here, right? And let, here, let's just take this piece of cork here. And I'm just going to grab the heavy gloss gel. We'll just grab any old brush here. Can you show us what it looks like inside the container, though? Oh, kind of looks like paste, white paste. It just just looks like paste. Okay, I thought it was like white or something, but okay. Now we can do something like this and see how we just start picking it up and see how we're kind of pulling it, like so. Yeah. So, really quick, now you have flames, or you want to do a waterfall or something like that. Now you just do something like this. You could have water falling over this. Let's say you wanted to do that, that fountain of bile or something like that. 
for your Nurgle stuff, you could tint this with, I don't know, contrast paints or inks or something like that or fluorescent whatever. And all of a sudden, you know, now you literally have a, a fountain of bile that's just kind of falling down like this. When it dries, now, what color does it change when it dries? Is it still it, that white color? Oh, no. It dries absolutely clear because that's how these water fountains were, or these waterfalls were made. It's nice. literally the same stuff. And what, what, what is that? Because I'm going to look that up and get, so we can get a link to that. So... Uh, Liquitex, I, I kind of like the Liquitex version a little bit better, but Golden is almost exactly the same thing. So Golden Acrylic or Liquitex, Extra Heavy Gloss Gel. And the, the thing is, it really has to be the heavy stuff, because if it, uh, other stuff will just kind of flop over. I've, I wish I had my uh, my Twitch stream going, because I could show you all that Rohan terrain that I made with thatched roofs. I used the Heavy Gloss Gel to make thatched roofs. Oh, my now this, all I had to do here was I took this, and you saw how I was brushing it on this thing? I'll just take something like a blister pack or a piece of plastic like this. I mean, it's literally just a covered to a watermelon dish. And here, let me actually, why not? Why not just show this here? I'll just take some of this, and maybe a little bit more. There we go. So uh, I want to make sure I'm on camera. So what I'm going to do is take this and you can see I'm kind of dragging this down pushing it around now I've made water fountains with this so there you see how it's got a little bit of texture to it there you go see all that texture a couple of things are gonna happen when this dries it's gonna dry perfectly clear also it's got a little bit of a stickiness to it or uh, so that means I could take I could really rip those pieces of cured it's almost like when you put glue on your hands as a kid, oh, and then gotcha. you pull it off, and it's got your your handprint on it. <laughs> yeah, That's like Elmer's what glue. This is. It's like Elmer's glue, but you can see how it. Let me just move this so it doesn't get tipped over. <laughs> now here to create the foam, I put the crushed glass snow, mixed it with this because this is what I use with the crushed glass snow. This and crushed glass or the crushed glass together makes the snow. Also, look, it makes foam. This stuff is actually not that expensive. Uh, so the um, the Liquitex is sold out everywhere for some reason. But the I think golden, that's how we end. That's how we ended up with golden. I yeah. think <laughs> golden I mean, for a eight ounce. And how much do you how how far do you think an eight ounce would go? Would that last you quite a while? Several armies, and by several armies, I mean like twenty. Gotcha. Because I don't know how much I've done with this thing, and I haven't even used half the jar. Yeah, I haven't and, used half of it yet. Uh, oh, and here's eight a, ounces here's, is only fourteen dollars, so that's pretty good in my opinion. Now this, we were talking about the water effects that just kind of gloop over the side. You try and build a dam for it, it always leaks. There was none of that here. I literally just took this and painted it over the top, and it didn't fall over the edge. I had my waves already, right? It, there's just natural waves in there, and it, it you can dry just as clear as the waterfall did. Same thing here. All of this stuff up here, that was just me painting this over the top of cut leaves, flock. The other thing that can happen with uh, when you're doing the pour stuff, if you have flock and other things underneath it, the flock absorbs that. And it just gets all weird. Or what happens is it leaches up to here. I've had it where I poured stuff, and it this actually sucks the whatever the water effects up to here. This is not going to get moved anywhere because it's a paste. Now, this ain't going anywhere. It's very easy to control. 
when you have a small, you know, something like this, right? You want to do water effects on this. Do you really want to have to pour something on this tiny little base? No. Or would you rather just take a brush like this, go blum, blum, blum. Oh, look, I have water. Well, as a note about water effects, I have a model that was given to me when I was on Painting with Mount John. And the water effects for it are still tacky five years later. Ooh, Holy gosh. smokes. Yeah, that ain't going to happen here. Yeah, that is so, not going to happen here. So that would have been perfect for even if you just even if you see the top layer like that, it keeps it from being super tacky on the top layer. And it's clear. I've done entire rivers and like terrain rivers with this stuff. <laughs> Instead of trying to pour it right, and it just gets all over the damn place, just uses its it. We call this elementium because it's everything. It's fire. It's water. It's straw. You name it. It's <laughs> ice. It's icicles because, well, here, let me grab one of these guys right over here. And guess what all these icicles are made out of? The very same uh -oh. stuff. It's the same crushed glass snow. Like there's more icicles uh, right there on the barrel. So the same material. It's stuck over here in the treads. Get crushed glass snow out here on the vehicle itself. Who are you itself. getting your uh, crushed glass from? Because the people I used to get it from, of course, no longer in business. Here you go. Uh, this Rip, is a, well, uh, replica nature. So this is basically Armored Wolf. He uh, he also does the grass and flower tufts. So uh, he'll have this on his Etsy page. And it gets called replica nature. It's Armored Wolf with a U because I think uh, he had to have a different letter in there because someone else already had Armored. <laughs> but you just mix this with the gel. The other advantage of this over all the other snow effects, say you want melted snow mm -hmm. or partially melted snow, or let's say you want uh, uh, some muddy snow, right? So I did like the Scorpion from Song of Ice and Fire with the Night's Watch crew on it. Well, around the front of the Scorpion, it's almost fresh fallen snow, but as it gets closer to where the crew is, the snow is melted. So I put more of the gloss gel instead of this. So now the snow looks melted. Then I started to mix weathering powders in it. Now it's brown. So it's literally muddy, stepped on snow. How long Again, does this, uh, this gel usually take to cure and, you know, get done? Uh, when you've got the this stuff mixed with it, it cuts it down dramatically because this is kind of, it's almost like sawdust, right? It's absorbing the liquid. Mm -hmm. This, it, it depends on how thick you make it. Now, that, that really thick stuff that you saw here, you know, that will take a while to cure it. But the best thing is you can see if it's curing. Already here, I can see this is transparent. So, you know, if it's not white anymore, it's totally cured. Gotcha. I can already, some of this is already, it'll depend on humidity also. Yeah. Like if it's winter time and your heater's been going 24 hours a day, this stuff will cure pretty darn fast. It'll cure pretty fast. Oh, the other thing, too, is you don't necessarily want to buy a big jug of this. Found it out the hard way. As fast as I use this, I still don't necessarily use use it fast enough. And sometimes it can get a little bit crispy, you know, around the edges. So it's it's the same thing with the uh, with this stuff right here. You want to buy it in a smaller container because eventually, no matter how well you seal this, it just it's going to start to dry out. So you're almost better off with smaller containers. Now, of course, we actually found a solution for that because we made our own. Actually, uh, I did a video on this. We actually had this at Adepticon. It's spackle and glue. 
If you want to have some texture in there, you could throw some sand, maybe even some gravel. You don't have to. These days, I would rather just have the spackle and the glue. If you want to color this, you could throw some inks in there. To me, I don't care. I'm, I'm going to paint over it anyway. But this stuff, the, the glue gives it a little bit of structure, a little bit of hold. The plaster obviously gives it the body. All right, so here we'll just grab a little bit of this. And you can see a nice, nice chunk of it right there. That's what I would be using on that Night's Watch unit, right, where I've got all of this stuff all set. So what I can do is I can take some of this, and we'll just throw it right under here. Boom. There we go. And you can see it's got a little bit of body. See, I'm, I'm kind of building this up right here, up against this edge. Here, we'll take mm -hmm. some more, push it over there. And then I'll grab, where's that thing of the flock, right, or the, uh, here we go. And grab some of this. Not the coarse rubble. We'll grab this. And we'll throw a couple of bigger rocks out here, maybe. Kind of push those in. Now we'll grab some of the finer stuff here. Well, there you go. How long did that take? Stick a piece of cork on there. A little bit of that texture paste, some of this rock and gravel, and you have an elevated figure. It, it looks totally like rock. You could paint this up. I'm going to be putting in the crushed glass snow over this, but you could treat it. Well, here's, uh, again, that's that, that same type of thing, exact same, to, but here we gave it obviously more of a, a green foliage as opposed to the crushed glass snow. Basically, the exact same base type, totally different result. Or... You don't even bother with flock or foliage, and you just paint it a little bit differently. The same 3D printed bits from uh, Make It Epic, Dark Sword figure, object source lighting, boom. There's no flock, there's no foliage, there's nothing on there. It's just these two things kind of add a little bit of creepiness to it. That's the reason why I went with the purple kind of a object source lighting, because it just gives it almost like a dark elf kind of a look, a drow or something like that. But uh, that's all it was, bulletin board, cork literally hot glued a couple of these branches on there and started priming and painting. That was it. it. It can be that easy. I think it's just maybe sometimes, I hate to say it, sometimes instructors will make things seem a little bit more dramatic and difficult than they really are because it kind of makes them seem a little bit more like a genius. <laughs> Whereas I say, I ain't no genius. Uh, if I was, I would have a lot more money. And I wouldn't have to be doing this for money. I could just be painting miniatures for myself if I were a genius. Since I'm not, I just uh, I just show people how to do stuff like this because it's that easy. And it's not expensive, right? For, I think it was $16 of materials, we made enough of this to make 32 jars. This is a two-ounce jar with like for $14, $15, $16 of materials. We made enough for an entire classroom of people and then some. This, these days, is about 14 bucks. This is not going to be an entire class. This is, uh, yeah, six ounces. We did 32 two-ounce jars or one six-ounce jar. Same price, up to you. Oh, and by the way, good luck finding this stuff <laughs> because they only make this stuff three months out of the year. Yeah. So, or, you know, you go to the any place in the universe that has spackle and... 
well, wood glue. I, I would recommend a nice, strong wood glue, some kind of quality, like Loctite or something. That's all this is. And I just got some cheap-ass jars off Amazon. Uh, you will have to every so often kind of spritz this with water to kind of rejuvenate it a bit. I actually did that before we started. This almost looked like it was all dried out. Spritzed it with some water, mixed it up. We just used it right there. Now, now are you usually, so you've got all that stuff on there, and you're, are you priming all of your rocks and the spackles and all that stuff? Of course, you're not priming, of course, the, the water effects. Um, are you sealing the water effects? Two questions, I guess, to go into that. Uh, nope. Actually, I just all I do is I just brush on the primer. Uh, oh, here's a, this is a Barkin branch right here. So this is that Luke's APO. You can see some of the grass right there. Mm-hmm. This has been just, I just brush on the primer. I think I took the olive green and mixed it with a light yellow or something like that to make this color. And that's all I did, just brush down the primer here. I, I've been using the bark and branch stuff since 2012. And those miniatures are just as good today as they were in 2012. And it, it's, it's rock solid stuff. It doesn't degrade or corrode or anything like that. So yeah, no, no problem at all. This is why you're the Bob Ross of miniature painting, sir. <laughs> <laughs> now this, uh, my Tomb King army, every single base, including the display board, this is what it was. It was this kind of demon skull marble type stuff. Everything was done like that. Now, obviously, that's a little bit more than the average person is going to do, but it's that's what I did for my, I wanted to make it, absolutely totally different than anything you've ever seen and that kind of fit the bill because every single miniature was on something like this and then for my armada oh it's the twilight kin armada fleet we actually did the same stuff on the sails awesome so it's the same same exact design a couple of different themes right let me see what we got who we have uh so we have a this is a printing goes around that's a stick that's literally just a stick <laughs> that he's standing on, some tall foliage, and then this is the fine leaf foliage from uh, not for, not Green Stuff World. Oh, uh, why am I sp- – oh, Within Scenics. Within Scenics. You can get this stuff on Amazon. It's a little bit fragile, but you know, they, there's ways of putting this on a miniature, which is not going to come in contact with very much. But literally, he's standing on a stick. That's That's all that is. I picked this up off the ground on the way to the store. That's it. It was just literally laying on the ground. I said, well, somebody's going to be standing on that pretty soon. It certainly adds to the theme. Certainly does. Now, here's a... So these are from Diwali. Here's that same thing. Um, So with the texture roller, when you start breaking the pieces, I realized if I was to just save all the extra little pieces, I could start doing stuff like this, where it literally looks like it's actually broken. These are little skulls right here from Green Stuff World. I realized you just get the big box of skulls from GW or your print-up skulls. You take that, that heavy gloss gel, you could paint those flames on there. So you could, if you want flaming skulls, take any darn I could have taken these skulls right here on this base, take the, the heavy gloss gel, and paint flames on there. So now I essentially have an infinite supply of flaming skulls, and I can make the flames as big or as small as I want. Uh, oh, I took a song, a song of Ice and Fire unit. It was the Raylor Faithful. They have flaming swords. Guess what I did? I did what I did with the Dunlendings and the other guys here. 
Oh, here, let me grab this one. I did the entire movement tray like this. It, oh, was, yeah. it was pieces of wood. There was a wall. Parts of it set on fire. The entire unit was like that, all 12 guys. And and that was really fun doing something like that. So, again, it sets a, a really neat theme for that unit or for that army, whatever. Uh, it's just, to me, it makes the army project just more interesting because army projects get boring right yes. you're excited in the beginning halfway through you're just like oh if you're if you're two-thirds through you're like i don't want to look at this anymore this is the last thing i want to look at but here again crushed glass snow a little bit of tufts skelly friend dazzler dry clay and a dwarf very simple iron hills certainly sets the theme and here like what are goats going to do they're going to climb up rocks well he's climbing up a rock and all I had to do was take the Dazzardry clay, press it into a mold, poof, there's a miniature. Um, Whole we're army. about to finish out the raffle. If you want to get in on the raffle uh, in the bag of stuff from Gonzo, uh, hit uh, raffle, ex or exclamation point raffle, and then how many tickets, space, how many tickets. Um, go ahead and do that. And about in the next five minutes, we'll cancel that because we're about to hit the... Um, Media section. Media. Media. So. <laughs> uh, I don't think you can hit max. I think you have to actually type a number there, Ford. I typed a number. John. So let's go ahead and get over to the media section. And his stuff and everything. There you go. A lot of people buy tickets to this. Like I said, I'm going to reach in here about halfway through this. Where we'll reach in and uh, we'll figure out who the winner is uh, type thing. So um, media section. I have 75,000 things to talk about. Not really, but. Nothing new. Um, not really a lot, though, this time. John? I mean, you know the only thing I watched. Actually, I'm going to talk about something else because I actually bought a CD recently. What? You bought a physical? Yeah. I bought the Who two-disc Greatest Hits collection. And I actually feel like they're a very, even though they're in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, I feel like they get overlooked a lot. They're a very underrated band because they have a lot of good hits. <laughs> and I'm really pleased with this. A lot of their other music is old, but again, they're an older band. They go when they started. I mean, they've been around for a while. But when you look at their 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 hits, the the breadth of their hits, it was pretty good. And this was the same price as buying like a one disc set that didn't even have all their hits. And this had all their hits, so very pleased with this. I uh, enjoy it. I mean, obviously, they got the Bob O'Reilly, which is you know one of their popular ones. My Generation, which I always forget they did, but they did. <laughs> um, there's a couple other ones in here I didn't remember uh, Pinball Wizard, we always think of that as Elton John It's not, it's them from Tommy Because Tommy was their concept album um, I do think Elton John probably does it better But it's still good done by them uh, Behind Blue Eyes, Won't Get Fooled Again Which everyone knows from fucking uh, CSI Miami I think Yeah, It's CSI Miami for that one and then, of course, um, Who Are You from the first CSI, which is its claim to fame, I guess, which is sad. Uh, you Better You <laughs> Bet. And then Eminence Front. They have, they have a really good 
breadth of music. I suggest it was not expensive on Amazon. I'm enjoying it very much. And uh, there you go. Uh, I'm going to give, I don't know if we're going to give these space herpes, but uh, just in case, I'm going to give it, uh, I'm going to give it zero space herpes. Some of the stuff's a little older, but I mean, you expect that from the band their age are. You can't judge them for making music that's appropriate for the time they came out. Yeah. Uh, Xander Ford, I will agree. Limp Bizkit's cover of Behind Blue Eyes is very good. It's not as good as the original because they do that <clears throat> really awkward and weird Limp Bizkit breakdown in the middle. But other than that, it is masterful. <clears throat> uh, Gonzo or Jim, you better hit something because uh, I'll go it. I um, go ahead. I um, read the entire uh, book of uh, Power Rangers RPG. Shit, I just realized. Go ahead. You got another one? Else yeah, yeah, I do. Uh, so I uh, I picked up the Power Rangers RPG a couple of weekends ago and read through it and. It's pretty decent. I've never been. I was never a huge Power Ranger fan. Uh, it was outside of my, you know, growing up type thing. Oof, I mean, we were we were basically almost. Out, well, I mean, you were probably out, but we were basically almost out of high school or out of high school by the time Power Rangers came out. So it was a little. It's, we just missed it. Yeah, but I mean, I can relate it to, um, and I don't want to do this. Um, G Force, but it's not really G Force. What's that? Gatchaman. Cool. Gatchaman, yeah. Uh, and that's kind of where I, I, I relate it to no, in, it in is. the same. They, they are very related. It's a very yeah. Japanese thing. And, they, and and people need to stop just blatantly shitting on Power Rangers and stuff because it is. Remember, it may not be aimed at your age group. It's okay. You no. don't have to like all the things. But I mean, I was looking at the rules, read the rules, went over like the basic adventure. And I think I might run like a, a one shot just so people can see what it is. Also help my friend out because it's his you know game that he worked on. Um, but it's got some pretty decent rule sets. Uh, it's got a uh, pretty decent. Um, the rule, the rule, the core rules are pretty good. I like the core rules of the, of that whole game yeah. system very much. Yeah, it's, they're very simple, not hard. Nope. Um, but go ahead. I would say, but it's not hard, uh, but enough depth that it doesn't look like you get bored with that. I'd have to play it a bit to see what the mutability of the game is, let's say. Yeah, I mean, everything was really, really nice. Uh, the character creation was pretty simple. Um, character abilities are really cool. Uh, you got good advancement stuff, so you're not just, oh, I get plus one to my stat, you know, type thing. Yeah, there's sometimes that some games' advancement's a little dull. But again, some games you get so into it, you don't even notice fucking advancement. Yeah. So, I mean, I may see if I can get in like on a one shot or, you know, run a one shot just for the fun of it, just to test it out, see what it's like. Because I'm sure the Transformers RPG is running the base core system uh, as it, because it's yes. all, all around the same thing. And just I wait for that to come out. I'll yeah. have it when it comes out. And I definitely want to uh, get into that one because that was the one that I was like, of all of them, that's the one I wanted to get into. Well, I'll be honest, though. I mean, I think there's some some use of Power Rangers. You don't people think Power Rangers, and they think high school age kids. You, you don't have to do that. You could actually do adult Power Ranger stuff if you wanted to. The core of their concept works. Oh They're yeah, basically just fucking superheroes. They're just sort of cookie cutter superheroes. In fact, Champions one of the adventures they had a whole uh, Zen team that was basically fucking Power Rangers. Oh yeah, you could definitely make this a you know, oh yeah, Cookie Transformers RPG. We've been talking about that for a while. It came out. Uh, uh, Renegade Game Studios did Power Rangers, Transformers, and GI Joe. 
uh, Power Rangers and G.I. Joe have come out. We're waiting on Transformers. Yeah. And I mean, you could you could make the Power Rangers into a more adult game where you're adult Power Rangers and yeah. do living adult lives and doing this stuff. So there's nothing. Yeah, if, if, if teenage drama is not your thing. Yeah, you could 100%. There's no, I mean, and you could base this in the real world. You don't have to base this in, you know, whatever world that it's in. You yep. just mold it and go with it. I mean, they're... And as Xander Voice had Super Sentai, which is the core of Power Rangers, the Japanese version, had some older Ranger seasons when it first came out. Absolutely. Like, it's not, like, just for kids stuff there. <laughs> Melrose plays yeah, Power Rangers. Melrose plays Power Rangers, yeah. <laughs> Jinx. Yeah, but I mean, it, it, it was good. There, the, the system is very simple. There's not, like, a huge complicated things. It's got... Combat looks very nice and very simple. Like I said, it wasn't not complicated at all. I give them props. Uh, it it you can get bogged down on rules, and it could be pretty big pain in the butt. But for the yeah. most part, it was solid. I, like I said, I want to give it a shot either um, as running it or having someone else run it. But I'd love to just get in on it once. Um, they do not make a distinction that everybody, you have to have all the colors. Um, <laughs> you could have well, you know colors. every season was based off colors, right? Yeah. So, I mean, you could do different things, uh, or you could all be the same color, but I mean, it is better when you have a diverse group, uh, type thing. So I'm not going to give a rating until I play it, but I enjoyed it. It was a good book. Solid construction on the book, too. It doesn't look like it's going to fall apart anytime soon. Yeah, they're they're, they're making quality product. Yeah. So. I'll say that about their, their board games, too. They look like quality product. They're, they seem like a quality game studio. Yeah. So um, let's go ahead and we're about the midpoint of the uh, media section. Let's go ahead and give this giveaway. I'll give you last chance to pick up raffle tickets. Counting down from 10. Nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Closing entries. All right. Drum roll. I'm typing. Oh. <laughs> All right, here we go. The person that does get it is Ford Fitch. Coming in. Ford is actually kind of one of my local people. So big thing. So Ford, I want you. I'm going to stick my hand in this bag. And this is a huge bag. I mean, look at this bag of stuff. Hey, I won't have to pay for shipping. I can just drive it up to them. (laughs) I mean, with, with gas prices, that's like paying for shipping. Well, I have to go up there anyway. So, Ford, I'm going to reach in here and tell me when to stop. Ready? Go. Waiting. Say when to stop, Ford. Stop. You get a World of Tanks tank. What kind of tank is it? It is a PZKBFV Osmo. Noted. Is it a Stug? It, it it's PZKPFW four 
A U S F H. Oh, it's a Panzer IV. Oh, okay, it's a later. Is it? Does it have a long barrel on it? Does have a long barrel, pretty long okay, barrel. Okay, yeah. So it's See? okay. It's a mid to late war. Does it have the uh, Shurizen on it too? Right, what the hell is that? The armor, <laughs> extra armor on that on around the outside. Yes, it does have the armor on the okay, outside. Okay, so that's more of a late war, like 44, 45. Okay, so late war PZ4. All right. Does have cider. It uh, fish knows about it. I have no clue. Jim, I heart you for having that knowledge on hand. It's great. That's <laughs> <laughs> awesome. <laughs> I have no clue. So, Fitch, I will bring this up, and uh, I'll let you know when I'm up in the area and uh, get you uh, a cool thing. So we'll be doing that every so often just for fun. I've got a ton of stuff I need to give away, um, and uh, I will do this every so often. I mean, it's a huge bag. I have so much stuff in here. I mean... I have colossals in here. I have, oh my gosh, I have I have a full game in here. I have full rule books in here. Oh, wow! Just stuff that I've acquired through the years from everything else. So, uh, Jim, we've we've been talking about stuff. Uh, give us one of your um, your Some media. media? Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. Well, I watched episodes. I think it was three through four of the boys. And if you remember, two weeks ago, it was frustrating. It's, oh, boy, it, it's good. And then, oh, my gosh, what they just do here? And it's it's the same thing. There were times where I said, this is fantastic crap. It's like, wait a what? It was yep. so good. And then all of a sudden, they would either somehow take you away from the moment or it would slow down. It just went from really riveting to you wanted to have a rivet through your eyeball. It's. It was. In the, it was sometimes just not in the same episode. It's in the same scene. It's like, wait a minute, you had something so good going there. Why are you doing this? And sometimes it's kind of reclaimed some of that first season, kind of edgy, not quite sure what's going to happen. And then there's the, okay, look, is this going to drag on for ten episodes? Because you're kind of doing the same thing over and over again. When are we going to see like the end of this here? Because surprise. Every single episode is like, yeah, that starts to get a little bit not that surprising anymore, surprisingly. And it's just this frustration of, oh, boy, it, it's it's so good, kind of not, then good, then wow, then oh, my gosh. And I don't know if anybody else is kind of getting the same feeling from that. Just, guys, pick a lane. Um, so I've caught up to the current episode of this Friday, uh, and there was a there was a big I wouldn't say it. You saw it coming, but it was a a big shock at the end of that episode. Um, you, but you can see that they're they're getting to the point because uh, we're almost out of episodes that they're going to have to be some big shockers, and it's going to have to eventually going to get get to the fucking monkey, as John always says. Get to the fucking monkey. Um. Because you can only do shock value for so long, and you're just like, okay, yeah, you're trying to shock me again. You're trying to shock it, me again. It's Pavlov's dog. Eventually, yeah. you just lay down there. All right, put all the electricity you want in me. Have at it. <laughs> Have some fun. I don't care anymore. But, it, I mean, well, let's just say that uh, that little convention that the heroes had, I mean, there was just <laughs> – there were some – really funny it was like wow it's kind of back to where it was and then it's just wait what 
we had to insert this into all of this really all this hilarity that's going on and i just was like oh come on guys yeah you really had you had something funny going. my friends describe it so i have an idea what's <laughs> going on they're pretty good at that they understand that it's not for me i'm a four color superhero kind of guy um and i'm okay with dark stuff once in a while but they all realize that'd be a little darker than i want to see so but they talk about it, describe it i mean uh for they say it's keeping reasonably well to the source material mm-hmm. but i mean obviously mm-hmm. i changed some stuff for tv it's funny because i didn't even know well i never read comic books right i've had no idea i would say like spider-man and the batman tv series from the 60s that's all i ever saw so <laughs> i have no idea what any of this stuff is so i didn't even realize it was based on a comic so yeah. i know there's some people to get you know kind of distressed when it ventures away from what the comic book is i fortunately i don't have that kind of uh advanced you know what i'm what i would like to see out of it none so of I'm them are upset about how it's verged off there i understand it but uh you know, it's it's a crazy thing. I mean, and that's what Garth Ennis does. That's his bag. If you see something written by Garth Ennis, it's going to be fucked up like that. But it's uh, is it going to be a ten episode series, or is it because uh, they're on six? I I see there's a seventh. Is there going to be ten, eight, nine? I did. I, these seasons don't uh, tend to last the same amount of length. Let me check. Is it the thirty? Um, I'll check real quick because we should be getting close. On this new season. And as long as this half a medium section took, well, we took a Dark Sword uh, figure, we took Bulletin Board, Fork, Sculpey, made ourselves a nice little theme base. Based yeah. off of uh, of what Wikipedia has listed, probably eight episodes a season. Yep. So. So cool. next week is the last episode. Okay. Fair enough. Yep. I guess... I guess it was seven. Okay. Yeah. I almost thought it was up to six. I'm up to seven. Okay. All right. So one more. Yeah. So we got one more. I really so, yeah. have at least one more season. I know four has already been okay. Yes. And I wouldn't be surprised if it, it, it got done after four or five. Like they finish four and then fifth will be the last season. I wouldn't, gotcha. I wouldn't be surprised. So, well, uh, John, you had some, uh, one you wanted to talk about. Well, I actually, uh, Al Marshall loaned me a graphic novel that I read. It is the Marvel Gra- uh, Loki limited series in graphic novel form. Oh, cool. Collection. And it's sort of a four issue, and it's basically Loki has, uh, you know, one, and he is, uh, you know, Lord of Asgard now, and sort of his musings and revelations. It is, it takes a little bit to get into, but it's really fucking worth it. Because you've got some some revelations, him sort of blaming everyone for his faults, then his musings on that and more, you know, as everyone comes in like, oh, I helped you, I want this thing and all that. And him going to all of his enemies and, you know, basically saying, it's your fault I did this because X, Y, and Z. (laughs) And him having some revelations on it. It's it's a very interesting series. It's kind of, it's kind of a nut punch at the end. But I think that's what makes it good, you know. It actually mirrors sort of a little bit of the Loki in the Marvel Cinematic Universe and his sort of turn around and everything. So it's very interesting. I suggest it. It's probably on Marvel Unlimited if you've got that. Uh, if not, it's a thin graphic novel. Uh, retails for, hold on, 
uh, 12, 13 bucks. So you can probably find it on Amazon for cheap if oh, you need to. Yeah. It's a quick read, but uh, it was good to, to get something new. I don't know why he brought something came up. We were talking about Thor and Loki and Marshall. Like, you should read this. I'm like, sure. Absolutely. I read all the stuff he hands me. Um, so I'm going to do a spoiler review of the latest Star Trek, uh, Strange okay. New Worlds. Spoiler, so spoiler, you, spoiler free. Leave the fucking no, no, no. chat. No, 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 no. Sp- spoiler free because I know oh, some spoiler people Spoiler free, okay. Spoiler free. Okay. Um, because I don't want to ruin it because it was really good. It was uh, really, uh, yeah, yeah. It I mean, was really good. And I'm going to say this, this has been one of the best Star Trek series I have watched in a stupid long time I will and one say of the best unabashedly at, at this point it is the best season of star trek ever this this show pulls everything it pulls emotions it pulls good story a good character development good gut punches um uh, good entertainment on called this episode the weakest of them and i don't agree with him I still think last word's the weakest. Last week's weakest, though, is still really solid overall and still kills you in the end, and this one kills you in the end. Yeah. Yeah. This one, I I thoroughly enjoyed it. I, I, I'm going to be very sad once the season is over because yeah. it's you know probably going to be a year before we get it again type thing. Yeah, one more episode, but yeah. that gives me time to catch up on everything else. But, I mean, this has got to be one of my favorite TV shows to watch right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love all the characters. Uh, I do have a couple of favorites, and I can never remember the name. Uh, the the lady that drives uh, Enterprise. Ortegas? Yeah, with the shaved head. I love She's her. great. She's, She's amazing. I, I feel like they're underusing her, but... I hope that this means she'll be around longer because I fucking love her. Yeah, she's one of my favorite because she's snarky and and cocky, but it just so fits the character. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I I've been enjoying the crap out of it. It's uh. I mean, so this episode is Gorn related, and they do a thing with the Gorn that's really at odds with the original series, but mm-hmm. it didn't bother me at all. No, they they did evolve. say that they are rewriting the Gorn. Yes. And I, I had forwarded an article to uh, John and Kathy. I don't know if y'all read it, but um, they explain why Star Trek Strange New Worlds is such a good hit uh, because too many people are trying to do the marvel of the the TV series and the marvel of their universe yes. where everything is catastrophic everything's always happening everything's gonna die in the next second and well, got discovery for that discovery yeah. can be their purely serial series yeah. and then this can be their episodic series it's fine you can yeah. do that in fact uh way back in the day uh when uh voyager was about to go off the when voyager went up there i had an idea with a buddy like they should just do a starfleet academy one or just some series where you have a bunch of short stories that interlock you can have actual true storytelling then. Like this. Any character you don't know could fucking die. Yes. Like, that that's the freedom of that when certain characters get in. Like, sure, Spock's not going to die. Correct. Uh, you know, but Una could die. That could happen. Yeah. You know, you don't hear about her afterwards. Yeah, I... So there's a, lot, there's a lot of potential there. And I thought that a series with no ties, you could do a lot more with it. Yeah, this is... This has been... 
very, very, so- very, very solid. It's one of my top sci-fi shows of all time now. Um, yep. One of my t- uh, top Star Trek shows. Um, it hasn't quite edged out the expanse for me, but it's fucking knocking on the door. Yeah, I mean, it's just been so solid and so fun. I mean, even last week's episode, which was not your typical type of Star Trek episode, was still fun as shit to watch, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was still entertaining, um, still good characters. And, I, I mean, I just, I'm, I'm going to be sad next week or this week when it, it's over. And I'll be like, fuck, yeah. I got to find something, you know. You'll find something else to watch. You'll be okay. Yeah. I'm just like, I know I will. I got plenty of stuff to watch. But, yeah, it's just that this is this has just been a really good series. Mm-hmm. And I hope I hope they continue because everything has been. I mean, we know they got season two. Yeah, it's just been super good, and the cast has been really great. Um, and I love Twitter going off about how man, I'd like to watch Star Trek without it being political, and I get the laugh because <laughs> 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 Star Trek's been fucking political the whole time, motherfuckers. Yeah, <laughs> ever since it came out. It's like, you've never watched are... Star Trek without without telling me you never watched Star Trek. Yeah. Or like people is like, but why does Star Wars have to be so woke? And I'm like, why does woke have to be bad? Woke is actually good, motherfucker. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, it's what cracks me up is why why do comic books have to be political? They've always been political. Yeah, yeah. You just you just didn't disagree with it until now. Yeah. Type thing. Guess what? If something you've loved your whole life is suddenly challenging your beliefs, maybe you got a problem with your fucking beliefs. It's just been so, like I said, this show has been so good. Um, I'm going to miss, you know, you know, that's my Thursday night show to watch. And... I don't watch anything that it comes out just because of my time frame. But yeah. uh, I should do what it goes for a second. Like, if something, if you watch something and it challenges your belief, that's fucking good. Yep. That's what it's supposed to do. A couple episodes ago, uh, sort of Chris Pike uh, one where he had a romantic interest. That was a fucking great episode because it challenges your thoughts on it. Yes. Like, oh shit, what would I do? You know, killing everyone isn't necessarily an option. Well, that's fucking a plan out the window. <laughs> Letting it go isn't necessarily an option. Well, fuck, what do I do? It's a great thinking episode. It was probably the best thinking episode of the week. Yeah. We're doing a lot of fireworks right now. Sorry. Yeah, I can hear some of that. <laughs> I might have to fire back. So, um, what's our time at? I think we're at, we're, oh, we're, there, we're, yeah. we're there. So guys, we really appreciate you listening and hanging out with us. Um, like I says, we'll, uh, keep watching, keep, keep listening. If you have anything you'd like to hear us cover or do, yeah. let us know. We're always, you know, Gonzo has to keep <laughs> always finding things at the last minute. Sander, love you too. <laughs> but, um. If you have a topic you want us to do, you know, we'll find somebody to come on and talk about it if we can't cover it. Um, or if not, I'll do the research. You know what? I, I think I might be able to get um, one of the guys from Renegade Games to come on and talk about their RPG. How would you think about that? Uh, that sounds cool. Let me see if I can get him. Um, I think I'll see what he can get in and talk about. I think that would be a kind of cool episode to talk about it and talk about RPGs and talk about it from the standpoint of a designer type thing. Yeah, because that's um, that's a whole different ball of wax. Yeah, it is. So, um, everybody, please take care of yourself. Please, please, please look after each other. Um, if you need anything to do, let us know. Need someone to talk to, let us know. We're here yeah. for you. 
Um, you may think that's, that's just us talking. No, I will literally spend time in a Discord chat, phone, Skype, whatever you want if you need just someone to vent to. I am your emotional support human. Give me a <laughs> fucking note, ping, and anything, and I will help you out. Yeah. Happy to. We all will be. I mean, uh, don't forget, um, even though he is on the channel, I'm sure somebody will give him a good shout out in just a second. Jim, when are you uh, streaming next? Um, my usual stream day would be actually tomorrow. Uh, it might be actually during the day. Basically, kind of the Kathy slot, somewhere between 1 and 2 central, just because, uh, well, I've been doing all these super, like literally starting at 1 o'clock in the morning, 2 o'clock in the morning, my time streams, trying to do something a little bit more friendly for the U.S. audience. And I'll be painting some more of the Lethal Shadows uh, miniatures right here because he needs a bunch of these for a convention for comic-con and we're doing a lot of egyptian themed stuff and you know love me egyptian themed stuff awesome. so we'll be painting another one of those uh tomorrow on stream so make sure you check out jim i mean he's got you know tons of youtube stuff tons of stuff that he does on twitch um of course we all call him the bob ross of miniature painting because mm -hmm. he is an amazing person to listen to and is an amazing person to learn from and he is not afraid to do something on the fly like he did for us today yes so, we appreciate it very much jim yeah he no, is no amazing. problem uh <laughs> we gotta we gotta do this here now sometimes we do 2D paintings on stream. Oh God, here let, let's set this up. He's like, I, I know you're in there. I open up, open up. Don't put, don't you put on that ring. Wait a minute. He's smoking on my pipe weed. I see you in there, Bilbo. I see you in there. Open that door. So it's, oh. yeah. Once I painted this, I mean, I already did the Isengard thing with Saruman. I think last time I was on, but that we didn't have that one last time. So yeah, that that's usually the Thursday stream is the 2D art stream. Which leads to crazy stuff like that. Puppet shows. It's demented Middle Earth theater. <laughs> people seriously, they want me to take all of those past. Because people like take those. They, they make uh, clips out of them, right, on Twitch. They mm -hmm. say, Jim, you have to start up a, ta a chat. Like the demented tales of Middle Earth. <laughs> because it's, oh, it's very demented. That'd be a good little, little filler on YouTube and all. Well, we were painting this one, speaking of Lethal Shadows, we are painting this one up on stream, and then along came Gandalf, and he said, uh, Bauer, you look a little bit different than I last saw you like 10,000 years ago. Um, where's that whip? I don't see your whip anymore. She's like, I can get it. He's like, might be into that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so right. now you know why he became Gandalf the White. <laughs> Guys, we're going to go ahead and end it here. We're going to send it off to Sir Aramis. He is doing some MechWarrior online. Please look after everybody. Please look after yourself. Please check out everybody. Um, for more than dice, I'm Gonzo. I'm drunk. I'm not Kathy. Good night. Make sure you hit that raid, net raid button and go with them and go over and say hi and give him a follow. He's good people. He's good people. <laughs>